Hey, this is a special holiday uh, episode of Ask a Black Woman. I just felt compelled to do this. Um, your girl went and saw the movie Queen Slim today. Um, and I just had to make this impromptu episode. Um, so this is a spoiler alert. If you have not watched this, you might want to pause it right now and then come back. Because I got to talk about it. Um, I'm going to start it off with I absolutely love this movie. Uh, we're going to start at the beginning. I want to say that there were so many lessons and themes throughout the film. Um, I want to start with the the character arc portrayal um, of the two characters, um, uh, Angela and Ernest, that were played by Jody Turner-Smith and Daniel Kaluuya. Um, how it started out in the, the most innocence of two young black people, people meeting up on Tinder and how an evening, uh, quickly went left. And, um, we know that it was, you know, it is this premise of two black uh, p- young people on the run from the feds, from the police, fugitives, etc. And I keep hearing people say that this is like Bonnie and Clyde. And I'm going to say, y'all can hashtag this. This is not the new Bonnie and Clyde. This is not that. I think this is doing, calling it the new Bonnie and Clyde is doing it a huge disservice. I think that this movie is a standalone. It stands on its own without saying it's the new Bonnie and Clyde. It's a socially relevant piece for the age that we live in, specifically here in America. And so let's stop right there with the whole Bonnie and Clyde thing. Let's move on to um, how they are on the run for six days because of their defense right um how um jody's character angela is an attorney and so i remember speaking with a friend earlier this week and how she had no plans of seeing this film because she made the assumption that uh, this 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 dark skinned woman lead um, seemed to be was going to be portrayed with a very masculine, very off putting uh, type of role. And I was defensive, even though I hadn't seen the movie. And I said, no, I believe that they're going to showcase her and all of her black femininity in every sense of the way. Um, but we this this film will definitely have you um looking at asking some questions for yourself uh what is the role of black femininity right and i think um that is explored with jody turner smith's character um and her having to confront herself throughout this film in this (laughs) this this speed sped up journey that they were forced into okay so we have that going on. She's dealing with her own thing. And then let's explore the character arc of Daniel Kaluuya's character, Ernest. How Ernest, um, he, he's, 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 he's a beloved brother. I immediately like him. He, he, the way we see, Ernest, Ernest is, is that brother. He, he, he believes in God. He, he's sweet. 
um, he supports a black owned establishment. Like Jody cuts him. She, she, she cuts him. Like she's, she's of a different cut. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and she's like, well, you, you sure you don't like this restaurant because it's what you're going to afford? He's like, it's black owned. And then she, okay, respect brother. You know what I mean? And so, but there's some endearing things about him as well. And, um, and as we go along, you'll see that, um, this forces him to step up his, his man, his role as a man. Um, he's very in touch with his manhood, but this, this journey calls for him to, to do something different, to, to, to call another part of himself out. And, uh, I think that's the thing that, um, um, Jody's character could sniff out of him too. So she, in the beginning, um, seemed to be very guarded and, um, and would, you know, would push the button not just cause, but just because she she has some healing of her own to do, right? And so, as you'll see throughout the story, how once they find themselves, once they start to break down themselves, the turn the, the turning point that I see was when they get to New Orleans. This is where she um, uh, meets up with her uncle Earl, and. And Uncle Earl, we find out that uh, <laughs> we find out some things. There's some some pain there because he mistakenly killed her mother, right? We we know there's something something painful there, but um, he ha- he runs a house full of full of sex workers, and but there's a relationship. There's always a relationship between the sex workers and the and the person that they work for, right? And uh, that's a big shout out to. Um, India Moore, India Moore smokes that role as, as it seems like one of the, the lead women in the house. And when India is taking down her hair, and she has some conversation with Jody, uh, Jody's character about her uncle Earl. And one of the lines that stands out to me is when she says, "He needs us to worship him. Out there, he ain't shit." In here, he's a king. Let that sit a minute, right? So there's there's this whole push and pull and this tug and this this ongoing fight sometimes it seems between black men and black women. And it's 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 really I wanna say like PTSD and the remnants still from slavery, from Jim Crow, from the broken family, from all the things that we still grapple with, right? And and then not to mention just living as a human being and how we can be so disconnected. And because as black women, which I, I relate to with Jody, we are often left alone to work out things on for ourselves. And so when people say that black women are masculine or we're overpowering, overbearing, sometimes it's out of survival mode because we realize somewhere along the line that nobody's coming to save us so we we learn very quick and we have to switch gears and be our own protector right and so um seeing the healing and the understanding between her uncle and her i think also helps her relationship with with her and uh daniel's character as well and what you'll see is as they grow, as they're on the road, they, how shall I say this? She becomes free, right? 
she becomes free along the way she's she's riding outside she needs to be inside the car but she looking at you know it, it when they first were on the road he was talking about how beautiful it was along the way even though you had the chain gang black chain gang workers and so she was still in reality still in the fear etc but then as the roles flipped and he became more of a protector or just more conscious of what was going on around them um she became more free and especially uh, after um, they made love, they had they had some beautiful blackity black sex in this film. I just I was here for it all. Um, I don't want to even gloss over that. Let's just say visually how good it looks. I appreciate it. I can't recall anything in recent times um, that wouldn't. Would, it's like we we worked, we felt it coming, but they worked to get there. It wasn't like oh, this just is supposed to happen. Especially since we could die tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like we could die at any moment. It 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 was a it was a natural progression. However fast it was, right? Uh, because she wasn't trying to give it up when they first met and none of the shit had happened right so um we see them become more free uh well particularly jody's character become more free some other things along the way too uh wait um, this this by the way none of this is in a specific order of importance it's just as it's coming to me um i'm i hope i'm not rambling i'm just very full um from this movie um Bo King Woodbine's character he just he shines through too as well I his layers he was the perfect man for the role really 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 um appreciate Uncle Earl's character um the whole storyline behind him being in Iraq um and you you know he loves his niece and yeah he did what he could for her so anyway, let's fast forward to how many times they cheated death. So they're they're on the road and um, everywhere they go, they are pretty much noticed. But people are on their side for the most part. Um, pretty close to the end when they get to Georgia with the white couple, um, the, the guy who was the shepherds, that's right who um served in iraq with uncle earl and they came so close to the cops there and they hid in the floorboard of, of in the upstairs bedroom and then they like to the morning and then they try to creep out and they jump out of a second floor window and then one of the cops that was out front hears them happens to be a black cop and they start up the car and when they open up their garage my heart was like out my ears and i was like oh my god but that black cop let them kids go let them go i was like oh my goodness right <sighs> like they they like they were winning and i and then so we get all the way to like like the end of the line like we are you we're i guess the florida panhandle on the left and the right nothing but water and um you see uh they wake up in the they fell asleep and then this double barrel gun meets them and then they they make a life a death decision to go along with a brother uh who they thought was on his side and that there's that they thought was going to be they connect to the plane to get them to cuba 
and um, they get gunned down, right? And this is the connection that I made with this. So I automatically thought it was the Mrs. Shepard, the the wife of the Iraqi veteran that hit them in a house in Georgia because she was real shifty. She was not happy about having them in the house. And I just knew, I said, that heifer that gave them up. But it broke my heart to see that it was the brother uh, that um, found, found them out there in the Florida Panhandle and promised to get them to the connect. He was a hood brother. He was charming. Let them hit that L on the way to the to the to the tarmac. Um, he, you know, was talking that smooth talk. You know, y'all gave us something to believe in. We wiped the band. I went along for that ride. But what you see is he got that 250k bounty for it, and I was mad because I was like. I think another message to look out for is that like we have the power to save each other. When you think about um, when they were out dancing at some hole in the wild club somewhere in the South and he went to go get a bourbon for her to drink. But then it was on the house for two bourbons. And then the woman held his hand and was like, you're safe here. So they were nobody giving them up. Right. I was a room full of black folks. Um, and then how the black cop in Georgia didn't sell him out. Now, granted, the black cop in New Orleans um, felt like he would have gave him up. But for the most part, I saw all throughout where black folks had they back. And if that little greedy mofo at the end hadn't have been just a twisted mofo, a sellout, I should say, they could have made their ass to Cuba. And he knew good and hell well that them kids didn't stand a chance. He he re- literally risked their life to get his money. That's a message that'll preach all by itself. Like so, when they, did y'all make that connect? Did you make that connection for the fact that we we really could say we could save ourselves? We really could. We we could have each other back and 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 do something. But the fact is, I think on a on this is like a microcosm of us as a people, black people, that we have some sellouts. We have people who are not in it for the cause, right? Um, it's like, yo, this is my life. I'm trying to get this money. You see where I'm living in this trailer and whatnot, like whatever. I'm about to get this paper. Like there, it's a microcosm of how we all are. Um, Ooh, as I bring that up, I get a little, literally my heart is something on my chest because when they shot them on that tarmac, I was crying. I just, I still had that hope that them kids was going to make it. They were so close to that damn plane. So close. And they had cheated death so much. And I was like, I wanted them to win. I wanted them to win, to get up out of there. And I felt that pain. When, you know, they had the funeral, the memorial, and Bo King's character showed up with that 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 stinking mink. And him and his brides were sitting on the couch, you know, when they heard about it and stuff or whatever. I I felt that with, all, with my whole heart. Um, I like, here's another message. Here's another thing going on, too. When their car, when their car broke down and they had to get it fixed and give up their whole $2,500 to that local mechanic way out in the sticks somewhere in, 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 I think it was Georgia, somewhere in the South. And it was an old man that was fixing a car. 
and um he uh <laughs> he was like you know they found out that the old man knew that who they were right and then the old man was like i'm old but i ain't stupid i know who y'all there are and so <laughs> Uh, Daniel's character was like, well, why did you give us a discount? He said, a discount for what? He said, I think y'all was stupid. He said, look, I would have took my damn ticket and went on by my business. So I, I, for me, I saw that as another um, message in terms of how the struggle might be perceived between um, the old older generation versus the new generation, right? So the threshold at which old school might be willing to take it right because i think sometimes we were real romanticize um what the ancestors or the older generation did and the reality is is that not all of us the majority of our ancestors um at least back in like the 50s and 60s and stuff there were a lot of them who sat back right while the others uh, were uh, um, the faithful few were on the front lines fighting a good fight some of them just put their heads down and was like, look, I don't need this drama. I just want to do my thing. But here's the thing. They reap the benefits of the people who took the mass whoopings, who was out there marching. You know what I mean? And so dude was just like, I think you, you, y'all caused your own trouble. That was a dumbass move. Like, and so there are a lot of older people who will probably look at the younger generation and think, Y'all making too much damn noise, sit your ass down. Or it may be, it's just fatigue. Like, they've been through so much, they lose it to fight. So I guess it kind of makes you wonder, were they ever a fighter? Because I kind of feel like true fighters, they don't. They have that rumble in their blood, right? I think something in them doesn't really never really die. I don't care how fatigued or old you get. I don't think so. I I just feel like that whole thing between it shows you that everybody just because you skin folk, that don't mean you kin folk. Right. Don't 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 expect everybody to be down to be a part of your cause just because they look like you or come from the same demographic or for anything that you might have in common. It's just a sobering way to look at stuff, because, again, I didn't expect um, (laughs) I really thought that that white wife was like on tremble and spill it all. I really thought, but I I literally was like, "Good girl, you ain't say none to that cop. Good girl, good for you." Um, I think that is it. I hope I'm not forgetting anything. I just think it was an excellent film, visually, the acting, and I just you know even though it's kind of a predictable plot like i i went in expecting the end it's like we know how this ends right so even though they got to kill the cop right (laughs) what are the chances that they're going to make it out alive in any kind of capacity like we can say that they'll like they'll they'll find them but i don't think none of the cops goal was to get them to have a fair trial which is seen in the fact that when they don't bend down, when the cops are yelling, telling them to bend down on the tarmac and they're still standing there, that white girl cop popped Jody's character instantly. It was like, black bitch, you gonna fall today. Y'all fucked up. Like, that was the message right there. I was so hot, so hot mad. 
I love this film. It was beautiful, talented. I could go on. But I just wanted to say that. Go support this excellent body of work. The end. (laughs) Have a happy, happy family food day. I know I did. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Thank you for listening. Please comment. Talk back to me. I really want to know what y'all thought about this excellent film. Peace. And ooh, I know we were concluding, but I just thought about it. I want to say, point out something that also touched me real deep, real quick, uh, was the fact that their first stop um, out of Kentucky when they were first on the lam was to Big Earl's house in New Orleans. And you had um, shots of the Treme area uh, past underneath the, underneath the tin, uh, with snapshots of the uh, architecture of the houses down there, specifically Uncle Earl's house. And, um, you know, some of like just a little hints of the music, et cetera. And so um, as we uh, intro into this episode and how we go outro out, um, uh, I'm going to definitely play some of that bounce music. Shout out to Bill Frieda. Um, here you go. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, again, go see it. Go see it. You would think that I'm a spokesperson getting paid for, but I'm not. I just love beautiful art, particularly black art. Hey, you don't pay no rent out.